0: You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor in chief of BuffaloRumlings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumlings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumlings Podcast Network. I wanted to remind you, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405 voicemails always get priority you can send text messages to that number as well 716-508-0405 you can tweet us at Rumlings cute and a that's what the word and spelled out in the middle you can send us emails Rumblings at sbnation.com facebook and instagram messages eventually make their way to me from the official buffalo rumblings accounts but they're not the most efficient way to get a hold of me so sending your questions for next week's episode as we are rapidly approaching the 2022 nfl draft the buffalo bills created a whole bunch of salary cap space since i last talked to you I broke that all down over at BuffaloRumlings.com, both the increase in salary cap space, which would allow the Bills to sign a veteran swing tackle or a veteran cornerback. The two positions I said were the biggest needs currently still left on the roster when we last talked on last week's episode. So they have the cap space to do that if they want to, whether it's before or after the draft. We also broke down all of the numbers for the stefan diggs contract i think it's a really great contract for both sides Um, i think there's a really good chance that stefan diggs could see the entire length of the contract and see the end of the contract um i think it's just like i said it's a good deal on both sides and you know in a few years it's going to look like an absolute bargain uh for stefan diggs um when he's 31 years old and uh still in the top 10 in the nfl and things like yards and catches so uh, I'm really glad um, that we put out the roster pro- or the uh, contract projection for Stephon Diggs early last week before he agreed to that contract because I think it really matched up nicely. Um, the 25 year or 25 million dollars a year average was really great. I thought that the Bills would have to put on an inflated number at the end, um, similar to Tyreek Hill or Devonte Adams. They didn't have to do that, so. Um, the numbers don't necessarily look as sexy as those two contracts, but I think if you look at you know $25 million in practical money each year, it's exactly the same as what Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams signed for. So um, good on the Bills, good on Stephon Diggs, good on Stephon Diggs' agent. Um, I just think it's a really... Uh, well-written deal all the way around. And I'm not going to belabor the point because we've already written about it over at buffalorumblings.com and plenty of folks have already talked about it on the podcast. Um, It came out the day after our last podcast, my last podcast uh, a week ago. And so I wasn't able to talk about it on last week's show. So I thought I'd give a little bit of a a breakdown of it early on. But again, you can go read my thoughts over at buffalorumblings.com, including all of the contract details for Stefan digs okay let's get into your questions for this week's episode and we're going to start with a voicemail because remember voicemails always get priority over at 716-508-0405 hey man it's eric 007 from twitter here in buffalo i have a question i have a question it's really eating at me it's eating at me because the draft is like coming right along it's going to be here in just a couple short weeks we have eight draft picks eight draft picks, but I don't think we have eight spots on the roster for these rookies. Doesn't it make more sense that we're definitely going to trade at least eh, two or three of those draft picks away this year? What do you think? What do you think? Thanks for that question, Eric, at the voicemail line, 716 I agree with you, and we saw that on the Bills roster in 2021 when they had to cut good NFL players to get under the 53 man roster limit. A couple of their draft picks ended up on their practice squad and then were signed to other teams active rosters. And so they lost folks that way. I agree. We've seen Brandon Bean with a propensity to trade up, uh, to package a couple picks uh, to move up in the draft. Um, The upcoming SB Nation writers mock, um, I didn't have a problem trading day three picks to move up to get a player that I really liked um, and I thought that there was a consensus around um, and we'll get into more of that in the next couple weeks as the SB Nation um, writers mock kicks off but I've got no problem packaging day three picks to move up whether that's moving up in the third round to select a guy that you might have a second round grade on that's falling, um, moving up in the second round, to select a guy with a first round grade that's falling. I mean, Brandon Bean has done that with with Cody Ford and um, you know several other players over the years. He's seen folks that he wanted to get and traded up to get them. And um, I'm I'm with you. I don't see eight roster spots available. Um, for the Buffalo Bills this offseason. So, like, that's why you might see them draft a punter later because that guy might be able to find a path towards a a roster spot. You you heard Brandon B. talk about that when he drafted Tyler Bass a couple of years ago. He's like, we really felt he had a good shot of making the roster as opposed to a player from another position that wouldn't have had a shot to make the roster. So you might see the punter enter the conversation, you know, in the middle, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds for the buffalo bills because of a path to the roster you might see even like a safety or you know a long-term depth option at a lot of different positions um, come into play at that spot um, even if they might not be able to contribute right away um, but yeah they've, they've got positions where they can do that um, take a guy in the later rounds and develop them but not a whole lot of those uh, spots. So um, yeah, I definitely agree with you. Um, and I would expect Brandon Bean to try to package something to move up in this year's draft. Um, not necessarily to move to like, uh, say, trade a third rounder this year for a third rounder next year um, or anything like that. Um, I think that he still wants to put together you know top level talent this year. Um, but, you know, trading those day three picks, you know, there are some teams that need bodies um, and there are some teams that need you know, top flight bodies. And so there's there are some teams that are going to be looking to trade back um, in the NFL draft this offseason. So that's a great question, Eric. Uh, thanks for sending it in to our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. Instead of trying to cram another Quick question in here before the break. We're going to take an early break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to The Future of Entrepreneurship, of Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Welcome back. Two sort of related questions Coming into uh, Twitter, at RumblingsQ&A that I wanted to kind of lump together. Uh, Michael Herringer asks us, is there any chance on signing Stefan Gilmore that second cornerback is what we need to reach the promised land? And Chris Gill asks us, what are your thoughts on picking up a free agent cornerback before the draft? If so, who do you think it might be? So those are kind of related, talking about, the Buffalo Bills cornerback situation. Personally speaking, I would prefer that the Bills signed a veteran offensive tackle that's not named Bobby Hart to come in and be that third offensive tackle swing tackle. They've got, you know, a, a veteran at left tackle and De- Deion Dawkins, but then they have two players entering their second year at offensive tackle in Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle. I would love to see a veteran come in to be able to compete with Doyle and push Doyle and then kind of like shepherd along those two, um, really young offensive tackles. So that's what I'd prefer over a cornerback. Um, I think that the bill's, should draft a cornerback in the first or second round. I've been on that train all offseason. It lines up with Tredavious White's contract to have a cost-controlled top flight cornerback opposite of him for the next five years in the case of a first-round pick, or four years in the case of a second-round pick. It lines up with the end of White's contract Um, so you can cost control, especially with Taron Johnson also getting a pretty nice contract extension from the bills last season plus you've got jordan poyer and micah hyde making bank and so your whole secondary can't be you know super expensive veteran contracts and so i would love to see a cost-controlled contract from a first or second round pick for the next four or five years so i think it makes too much sense now with that being said brandon bean and sean mcdermott have shown over and over again that they don't prioritize that second cornerback position the way that I do and so it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Bills went out and signed a two or three million dollar veteran cornerback and let him battle with Dane Jackson the same way they did with Levi Wallace and a couple of bargain basement cornerbacks over the years. With all that being said, I don't think Stephon Gilmore is that right fit for that. I think he's going to want too much money, and then you'll have you know just a huge amount of your salary cap tied up with Stephon Gilmore, Tradavius White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, Taryn Johnson. Um, even if you look at the back seven as a whole, you know, Tremaine Edmonds has a huge contract number. Matt Milano has a very large cap hit this year. Not quite as big as Tremaine uh because they restructured Milano's deal. But you've got seven really big contracts on the back end. Um, if you if you sign a, a Stephon Gilmore or a veteran of his caliber. So I'm thinking more of like, you know, your $3 million veteran cornerbacks than your eight or nine or $10 million veteran cornerbacks. Um, I just think that it doesn't make sense financially for the Bills either in 2022 or going forward. So even if you want to push all your chips into the table, I think there's a way to do it at the cornerback position that's a little bit smarter financially. Um, That doesn't mean the Bills won't add a veteran cornerback. Uh, we did put together a list of cornerbacks over the weekend at buffalorumblings.com that are still available. So if you want to go take a look at that, I'll pop those into the show notes as well. Um, Sean Murphy put that together on Sunday. Stephon Gilmore was at the top of the list, but a guy like Joe Hayden should be a lot cheaper than Gilmore. Uh, A.J. Bui, um, Kevin King, Xavier Rhodes, Greg Mabin, Jackrabbit Jenkins, trill williams those are all cheaper options that the bills can bring in to compete and then um you know let your safeties do it let your nickel cornerback and your um pass rush that you invested in and all that other stuff so this all kind of works together and i just i don't see them spending you know a pretty penny at that cornerback position it's why i want them to draft a guy on the first or second day of the 2022 nfl draft thanks for your questions over at Rumblings Q and A on Twitter, um, both of you guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for following. Let's keep it going on the Twitter train here, and change it over to the NFL Draft, where Dave Reed asks us, "What are the chances that Buffalo targets San Diego State's punter? He's a field flipping machine. I definitely think Matt Ariza is in play." for the buffalo bills um the only question is going to be how high would buffalo or any other team value him he's absolutely a field flipping machine he's done so many things in the college ranks that you know have made him be noticed by fans and obviously college football winning the top uh, kicker in college football award or top punter top in college football award um, draft analysts love him it's just how high are teams going to go on him? Is some team going to use a fourth-round pick on a punter? That's you know that's a big question right now with Matariza. Brian Anger was selected 70th overall um, in the third round of the 2012 NFL Draft. Um, Todd Sauerbrunn way back in 1995 was selected 56th overall. I wouldn't expect anybody to go in the second round like that. Uh, but I could see somebody going at the tail end of the third round. 70 overall is pretty high. Um, you know, if the Bills use their third round pick on a punter, you know, are Bills fans going to be happy? I probably wouldn't be. Um, so then I guess you're looking at the fourth round pick, and I probably would be okay with the Bills using their fourth round pick on Matt Ariza if that's what it came down to. And he was the best player left on their board. The other question comes, you know he doesn't have a ton of experience as a holder um obviously that can be worked on but one of the things that bills prioritized last year was the holding ability of matt hawk and that was the reason he was still on this team for the love of god and so if that was such a priority last year are they going to completely flip and just use a punter for punting in 2022 i mean it wouldn't Surprise me if they lowered Matt Ariza's draft grade based solely on the fact that he hasn't held for kick or for you know field goals and extra points as much as some of these other players have. So that's another piece of the puzzle you have to consider with Matt Ariza. But I would probably be okay with the Bills using any pick from the fourth round on on a punter, um, especially a weapon like Matt Ariza. Um, I haven't done a ton of statistical analysis to back that up. But they have a hole on their roster. If they can fill it with a fourth-round pick or a fifth-round pick, I'm okay with that, especially keeping a guy cost-controlled. You know how I love cost control players on the roster. So, you know, if you fill four holes in the first four rounds of the NFL draft and punter is the last one of them, I'm okay with that. So thanks for your question over on Twitter, at Rumblings. Q&A Our last question uh, comes from P Marts on Twitter at Q and a He asks us, I love the Bills uniforms, but at what point should a change be considered any design preferences? I absolutely love the current design of the Buffalo Bills uniform, and I would not change them. Um, I'm interested in throwbacks. I am interested in a 90s throwback at some point. Um, I'm interested even in an early 2000s throwback so that Del Reed can have a coronary at some point. Um, I'm interested. I like throwback uniforms. Going back to the AFL uniforms is always fun. But I think as the main design of the uniform, I love, love, love the current Bills uniform with white pants. I don't like the blue pants. The blue pants are terrible. I think they should never wear them again. I've done statistical analysis on how badly the Bills have performed with blue pants on. I do not like them at all. Uh, but the blue uniforms with the white pants look exquisite. Uh, the white jerseys with the white pants looks awesome. I'd love someday for them to see the red uniform with the white pants at some point. I know that they don't want to do that. Um, the NFL doesn't like, they want to do the color rush together, but not, you know, as, as piecemeal. Um, so Maybe someday we'll see that. But I just, I absolutely love the way that the Bill's uniforms look right now and would not want them to change them. Thanks for your question over on Twitter, at Q and a That's going to put this episode to bed. As always, you can send in your questions for next week's episode at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us, at Q and a That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. Email Buffalo Rumblings at SBNation.com. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show, send in your questions for future episodes. Um, we've got the SB Nation Writers Mock coming up in a couple weeks, and that'll take a big chunk of that episode. Um, so if you have draft questions, get them in for the next week's episode, set to drop on April 19th. If you like our show or any of the shows on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network, it will would really, really help us if you could leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. uh, It would be really great if you could tell a friend about our podcast network uh, to get more subscribers. It really, really makes a difference and that personal connection helps a lot. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast feed as well so you never miss a show and it always pops up in your latest podcast feed. Go check Check out the show notes over at buffalo-rumblings. buffalorumblings.com. Give us a follow on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and go Bills.